Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Wake up, Patrick and Mark. It's time to talk about Zelda intros. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. That was a pretty good Breath of the Wild Zelda. Thank you. I uh, went back uh, in preparation for this exercise Mm -hmm. and watched the beginning of all the different like Zelda games that we're going to talk about, and I had forgotten that I played Breath of the Wild with the Japanese voice acting, which is Whoa. generally my go-to. Yeah, sure. And Because um, a lot of times I find the English voice acting distracting. Yes. But uh, I had forgot, so I had totally forgotten what the English Zelda voiceover Whoa, actor sounded weird. like. I, I, I think truly the, the strangest thing is that uh, I didn't, I haven't played the beginning of Breath of the Wild in five and a half years, right? Almost six years at this point. Um, and I just reached into my memory and was like, what do you think it sounds like? <laughs> well, you nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed it. Um, Mark, I, 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 oh, no, it's gone. I had a question for you. I had a question that I was like, this is going to be, I'm going to interrupt Mark in whatever he's about to say. But then it turns out it was a compliment to me. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to interrupt a compliment. <laughs> and now I've lost it entirely. <laughs> Um, oh, no, the question was going to be, how many times do you think you have heard our intro music? Oh, my gosh. That little 30-second clip of uh, Ape Betty music, how many times do you think you've heard it? This is our thousands. 610th episode. Yeah, thousands of times. But you don't hear it necessarily every time we record, though. Oh, that's true. Because sometimes, sometimes I, we, I go and put it, do in it later. later. Yeah, I guess I... But you also listen to the show. And then I've heard it on times when we're not recording. You've also heard it sometimes when I mess up the beginning of the show and then I have to go back and do the whole thing again. I, I'm going to say close to a thousand times. Close to told. a thousand times. I would guess so. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like how, like what, there are pieces of music obviously that you've heard a thousand times. The Star Wars main fanfare. Uh-huh. You've probably heard a thousand times, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Super, Super Mario Brothers main theme. Right. Especially because like it's the like, running theme from yeah. like yeah the ground theme yeah. uh-huh. athletic theme athletic theme. <laughs> we got there <laughs> we eventually, got there eventually. <laughs> actually yeah um this is definitely this is definitely up there I imagine that this is totally messed with your like iTunes most played <laughs> or like Apple Music most played what a great point is that I probably have this information <laughs> yeah like it, I'm sure I could see how many times I've played this piece of music I'm not gonna check Mark uh you c- here's something you can do. In lieu of me checking how many times I've played the opening music for our podcast, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Either way, you play the game for as long as you want. You put it back in the box, back in the envelope, mail it back to me. I've paid for postage both ways. It's a perfect borrowing program. Here's another thing you can do in lieu of Patrick looking up how many times we've listened to the 
intro music to our show, you can friend us on Switch. The Our friend codes are in the show notes of every episode, and uh, feel free to add us. We love having new people, uh, new listeners to the show, um, add us on Switch. We like being able to invite you to games and also just uh, see what you're playing and see what you can see what we're playing. Here's a good time. Apple Music is lying to me right now because it says 483. Oh my gosh. There's no, there's there's no, no way. way that there's that's true. There's no way. There's no way that that's true. I mean, it's obviously not counting the times that I just like silently add it to the, to the episode. Yeah, but that's like, true. But even then. We've definitely done 483. I don't know. I guess there was a whole actually, like year maybe, and a half where we were recording remote. But I wonder if it, because before it was Apple Music, you were doing it on iTunes. And ooh, I wonder if great, like ooh. it, di- you know, it didn't carry that metadata over. Right. It, that, that's possible. It's also possible that like in making this playlist, it like copied it. So it, it thinks it's a different song. Also, maybe we've done less shows, episodes of the show than no, we think. No, come on. We've done 610 <laughs> episodes. I'm sorry. Where were you in the they, people should friend us on Switch? Did you finish? I finished. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Uh, you should also get in our Discord. Uh, you need to be invited, but we will invite anyone who is interested in hanging out in our Discord. So uh, send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know that you want to be in there, and we will send you a link. Uh, it's a fun, chill place where people are talking about Nintendo stuff all the time, and it's very – it's nice. It's a kind place to be. Um so get on in there. Mark, we have uh, a task uh, ahead of us today. Um, let's get into it. Let's discuss the openings from The Legend of Zelda. Discuss for the purposes, of course, of ranking them. That's right. So this is kind of like a two-part exercise where we are going to discuss the what we're calling the console Legend of Zelda games. And is there some wiggle room in what that means? Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, so we should run down exactly what games we're talking about. But basically what we're going to do, I, I feel like the intro, especially as the series has gone on, but there are, like, introductions, introductory uh, introductory gameplay chapters, yes. right? We are not discussing the, like, attract screen or, like, the, although they may come into play depending on which games we're talking about, we are really just that that thing that introduces you to the world, that thing that feels like the before the game actually happens. And that's why we're... So we're going to end up definitively ranking in part two. So next yes. week, we're going to definitively rank the Zelda intros. But... You know, even in just this discussion right here, it already sounds it, like we're not on the same page. It, what it, no, no, just what exactly <laughs> yeah. is the intro to a Zelda game is kind of nebulous, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. some games, maybe it's more precise than others. So in this first episode, uh, Patrick and I are going to decide uh, dispassionately. Which, uh, and purely objectively... I cannot promise not to bring passion to this. <laughs> purely through science. Yes, that's right. What we mean when we talk about the intros for each of these games. Yes. So we're going to go one by one. Mark, when we're done with this and when we're done with next week's episode, we have to promise that we will remain friends. Okay. I mean, it's a little unprecedented for us to promise each other to remain friends in the prep 
for a ranking, but this one could get so heated, I think it's necessary. It, it, it could get heated. I mean, look, we, first we have to define terms on each game. Like, <laughs> I think this, this is going to be like going through a divorce together. It's true. Mark. Ten opportunities for yeah. us to... Uh, <laughs> for it to just totally crumble to, and yeah. fall apart in front of us. Uh-huh, for the show to dissolve. Right. Um, so, let's start at the beginning. Well, let real quick, let's just okay, run yeah. down the, the oh, games yes. that we're going to be point. talking about. Uh, so first, we're going to be doing The Legend of Zelda. And then Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Then uh, A Link to the Past. And then Link's Awakening, which uh, for the yes. purposes of this, although they are maybe identical, but we're going to be talking about the Switch remake. Right, and which is why we're talking about it at all. You'll see that the rest of the portable games are, are not uh, included here. Um, Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. And then Majora's Mask. And then Wind Waker. Twilight Princess. Skyward Sword. Breath of the Wild. Of course. Um, so there are a couple, uh, games from the last like decade or so that we are not including. Um, and you know, we're not doing the, the Hyrule Warriors or whatever. Um, but these are the games that we're going to be discussing. We're going to, uh, determine what their openings are and let's just start doing that right now. Yes. Starting with the legend of Zelda. This is a tough one because I think you could argue that the opening of this game is two screens. <laughs> <laughs> it's the screen that you ultimately appear on and then the cave that you go into to get the sword. And I I think that's right. Like, I think the intro to this game is like 15 seconds long. Well, so, and this is also one where I may actually want to pull in the title screen where, uh, you know, just that that waterfall, the, the music, uh, all of that like tone setting, all of that mood setting that we'll get in terms of gameplay in, in later games is really happening in the title screen in addition to so maybe this is a three screen opener title i don't whatever that is that overworld and the first cave and uh on that attract screen you know if you leave it you it begins to scroll away and you see all the different items that are available throughout like the game and then at the very end there's a little link holding up a sign that says like please check out the manual for more yeah, detail that, or something right, like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Um but yeah, I mean that's so the the if if we could talk about like what happens in the intro of this game, um it is just you are alone in a wide wild world. You go into a cave, an old man says that the world is dangerous and that you will need a weapon and he gives you a sword. Yeah. And then after that you are kind of set free and can do whatever you want to explore and you know like in a very similar way to super mario brothers world one one the game you know clearly you can actually i guess different from super mario brothers world one one in legend of zelda you can go anywhere immediately right but the game really like directs you to the cave because you open on the screen and the only thing that is there of interest is the cave. Right. I mean, like, interestingly, you could exit that screen up, left, or right. Yeah. North, uh, west, or east. Um, but, like, the fact that there's a point of interest on that screen, and it's only because there aren't any, like, trees or anything there. It's just the entrance of the cave. Um, and so it is, like, elegant in that way in that it's teaching you. I mean, for, it's the only thing that you see is, like, what can I interact with? And then you go in it, and then now you know you can go into spaces, uh, and you will be rewarded with things like swords that would make 
the rest the rest of the game is only possible because you go in there and get that sword. There are some of these later on the list that I feel that, to my mind, include, you know, like a first dungeon or like multiple yeah. areas. But that doesn't feel right to me for no. The Legend of Zelda um, because it like the first dungeon is not really a tutorial dungeon. No, it is very not at sim- all. you know like uh the mechanics of it are basically the mechanics that you explore in any of the other ones like it just doesn't feel like a trainer in a way that some of like or even you know because there's not much of a story told in the game itself like through cutscenes and right. anything like that it just doesn't feel uh uh like part of the intro well and this is not going to be true for every single entry here but uh, I think it just a general rule of thumb for me is that the intro ends when you get access to the open world. Yes. Um, and that, again, that's not always true. There are some that I think end before that. Um, and, you know, something like Breath of the Wild, or not Breath of the Wild, Skyward Sword, where like, uh, do you ever get access to the open world? Like maybe halfway through the game, you finally access the, the whole world. Um, but like, in the Legend of Zelda, you get that open world and you get the ability to like traverse most of it the second you get that sword. Well, okay, so I, I feel good about that yeah. for the Legend of Zelda. So let's talk about the intro to Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, because... Totally stymied on this one. But totally stymied. I know, well, because I, I kind of feel the same way, because there's an argument to be made based on that definition of access to the open world that this one is potentially even shorter because the game, even if we count the attract screen, right. then you are Link, you are in a room where you see Zelda, uh-huh. then you exit the palace, and boom, you're in, boom, the, open you're in world. the world map. Yeah, so that is true, and you are in the world map, and that that is... It's so tough, because this game, more than any of the rest of them, I think does a really nice job of, like... Um, sort of portioning out the world to you as you progress through the game and get the the other power-ups um, that, like, by the end of it, you realize, oh, there is this huge world that I've explored, but you're exploring it while it's open very linearly, right? Like, you are gated very specifically by, um, uh, you know, I- into, like, separate, like, open-ish areas, um, but uh, gated by the, the items that you collect in the dungeons, right? So, like, in some ways, I'm tempted to, to say that the... Uh, the opening of Zelda 2 uh, includes both of those two towns that you can access before going into e- either of the uh, either of the uh, or before going into the dungeon um, that cave where you uh, retrieve the trophy from and the first dungeon itself but that's too much and the first dungeon is not very tutorially there's nothing about uh, this opening of the game that like teaches you how to play the rest of it yeah the so you know it may not have an opening. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely am torn because I think yeah. you could say it is just that brief screen in the palace where you see Zelda, you leave, and boom, you're in the open world. And I, I think you could call that the intro. But I also like part of me as somebody who uh, Zelda Two remains pretty like foreign. Yeah. Um, it's not a game I have played with you, but it is not a game that I've experienced much on my own. I didn't play it as a kid. The previous times that I had played it before, you and I played it together for like the weird sequels month we did in 2019 it was uh eight like it just felt so alienating but you know hearing you talk about it and having like experienced it now i do think 
similar to what we'll see in some of the later Zelda games, the game does a pretty good job of kind of like introducing you to the different mechanics of it. And there are so many, unlike The Legend of Zelda, which is, you know, all top down, all pretty straightforward. You see, you know, um, what you see is what you get. Zelda 2 throws some curveballs in there. And so there are like a number of different elements you have to be introduced to, to my mind, before you are ready to go out uh, and you're like really prepared for it versus what you might expect from like a sequel to The Legend of Zelda. And so to me, it's like, okay, you get out of the palace and no matter where you go, you pretty quickly are going to be attacked by like the three little yeah the little overworld overworld enemies you overworld know world goblins whatever so, so that's your first time where it's like oh whoa there this has side scrolling elements and it has combat and like this is how i use my sword like figuring out like kind of like that piece of it i feel like is one tutorial you have to learn to you know be able to play zelda 2 you know there's something else i'm realizing here and you you saying that like you get thrown into a side scrolling combat thing uh one of the other features of the intro for like all of these is obtaining the sword except for zelda 2 where you start with it right that's yeah. what i'm saying uh-huh. um so like if this is maybe an off-screen intro <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that like the intro of this game is when you press start and enter your name <laughs> i don't know this yeah. this, this, this is i this think that the most difficult hard. so so th- we'll say like there's the enemy tutorial right yeah but then you uh, maybe wander into town and that's your first time being like, okay, this has a town mechanic. Yeah. And then now whether the game does this well, I would argue uh, not by modern standards at least. Right. But you know, so then you're like, okay, I am talking about, um, I now understand that I can go into these houses and that I will get items and that there's an old man in each of these towns that I should go see. Well, and the the first town that you encounter if you are just walking east, right? So like traveling right on on, on the screen, which is, you know, a normal like impulse when playing a video game is to travel from left to right. Um, That first town you encounter that you can just go into the um, the house where you learn the first spell, which is shield um, to, you know, you can take more hits that way um, that you don't need to do anything before being let into that house. Um, it's not like in every other example, you need to um, either get something for uh, the, the the person or like you have to have achieved something before um, they'll give you whatever you need to, to, to earn the spell for shield. You just need to talk to them. And that's the one that allows you to go into the desert without, taking damage is that right i mean kind of it 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 lets it makes it so uh when you uh, encounter an enemy in the desert um uh there are like these little rocks flying around uh-huh um and if you use shield you just take way less damage from them oh okay well then and so let's say those are again just if this is the intro that right. there are those two tor- two two tutorials and then i feel like the third one is when you go into the desert when you go into Parappa, not the rapper, not the rapper, uh, palace. Uh And that's the third example of like, this is how this is different from the original legend of Zelda, because now these like dungeon palace things are side scrollers. And this is kind of like what you are trying to achieve. And so that would be my, I think my argument would be that the intro of the game does go through that first palace. Cause those are the elements that you need to know to understand in order 
to like play Zelda 2. I mean, I guess that is the cycle, right? Where it's like town enemy encounters like going through caves yeah, like whatever yeah. well like that that what you get in the town uh enables you to access the the next palace um what you get in the other town heading to, to the left like after you finish the palace um is jump which will allow you to access the next area um which like already it like messes with its own formula um because you got to do like death mountain and all of that in, in lieu of a second palace like there is a second palace but it's so much later i don't know i it's i mean I, I could I could see that that first village and uh, the Parappa Temple uh, being the the intro, but I could also see the intro just being that palace where Zelda is sleeping. I know, and maybe maybe you don't need the Parappa Palace on it because what does that introduce you to? And I don't know as I'm saying this that I buy it, but like, what does that introduce you to that like the earlier side-scrolling encounters don't i guess it's this idea that this has like a definitive end that you're trying to like yeah get something from yeah well yeah well so it, it's it's two things right and it's the zelda formula that there is an item that you need in the palace and that you need to beat the boss um so but like you know to, to that point like i don't know i I'm, i feel like i'm talking myself out of uh any of that actually being the intro do, do you feel strongly that um any of that is really so I, I don't think i see your point about the the parappa palace not being part of the intro because this idea that there's an item and a boss at the end of it like that's all uh, well i was gonna say that's all part of just like zelda like the original legend right, of zelda right? right so it doesn't really have to that's not a new game mechanic that has to introduce you to and thinking to the future of these I feel like a lot of the intros go through, like, what's new. We have to introduce you yeah. to this, like, new mechanic that you haven't experienced before, and this is how it works, and then we're going to set you loose with it. And so I think my vote for Zelda 2 would be you get out of the palace, you see Zelda, you get out of the palace, you run into enemies, and then you go to a town. And once you have that item that allows you to make it through the desert successfully, that getting that the, item the is spell, the end of the, the intro the, the, the shield spell. spell yeah the shield spell from the old man is the end of the introduction and then you are then like you are given guidance on where to go next but you know what's so interesting is like the i i almost feel i almost feel like you do need to include the palace and then the travel back through the cave because uh, when you first go through the cave, it's dark in there because you don't have the candle. You earn the candle in the palace, and then as you are traveling back through it, oh yeah, that's true. It changes the way, like the like, and I, I understand it's still the same thing of like the the item uh, that you need to get in the dungeon, but like what the items do in Zelda Two is fundamentally different than what the items do in Zelda. What the items do in Zelda is like. Is it, it's a thing that you use, right? It's a boomerang that you throw. It's an arrow that you shoot. It's a raft that you ride. This changes the way the inside of a cave looks. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I feel like what is a, and I'm, I'm not opposed to including that at all. What I feel like is a slippery slope is right. that when we get into some of these later games with much more complex mechanics, like there is at some point where it's like, well, it the game is going to introduce new elements to you, and it's not just it's not really part of the intro. It's just part right. of like 
playing a, a new game. mechanic yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know is introduced in the game. But I do see your point that because it is so different from the original Legend of Zelda, it's an element that you have to understand before you can really because once you have all of those pieces in place, yeah, then you can then the rest of the game is then just the rest repeat of Zelda that. Two yeah. is just like yeah, repeating that and yeah. So here, here's what I'm gonna say. I think that the intro either includes the all of, it. All, all, all of what we've just discussed, or it's virtually nothing. I think it has to. Or I, my vote would be for the more expansive okay. definition. Okay. Because so I, it's a pretty long intro. It's like it a is 45 a pretty minute, long intro. Yeah, intro, yeah. including the first palace. Yep. Okay. Great. We we feel good about that. Well, I, yeah, I feel good okay. about that. Okay, let's 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 move on now to a link to the past, where I think the answer is actually uh, quite a bit clearer in a link to the past. I agree with you, and to me, this is one of the most memorable, maybe best introductions uh, in a Zelda game. One for its like clarity of purpose. Yes, but also I've talked about it on the show before. I am such a sucker for rain in oh my video god. games. Oh my god! And the opening of Legend of uh, Link to the Past is very, um, I feel like, uh, uh, evocative. It, it, totally. It's a, on a dark and stormy night. Your uncle gets called away on a mysterious mission, and then you uh, a voice uh, calls out to you. It says, "Help me!" Like that's awesome. It's yeah. so good. So that's obviously where the intro starts. <laughs> <laughs> but how long does the does this intro? Well, let's let's just talk through the the events of it, right? Um, so uh, what I said that that setup begins, um, and then like oh, can I? So yes, uh, it had been a long time since I had really paid attention to the beginning of a link to the past, or really the beginning, like the minutia of the beginning of a lot of these games. And so when I was watching the introduction to a link to the past. So when Zelda psychically calls out to you, one of the things she says is um, Agonim has done dot, 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 something to the other missing girls. Now only I remain. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good call to action. Never followed up on ever. What happened to the other well, missing no, girls? He, that he uses them to open the, the oh, portal to the... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. To the to the other realm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, uh, it's a great, like, mystery beat there at, at the beginning. Um, but then, yeah, you're sent out into the, the world, and the rain that you could only hear before, you now see. And this is the only time you'll see this rain in the game, is uh, this dark and stormy night that, that opens it. Um, and there are, uh, you don't have, you have no equipment at this y- point. You have a lamp. So you, a lamp, you, yes. you get, you get the lamp from, um, from your house. Yeah. Cause your uncle's like, stay here. Right. And then he leaves and you immediately get out of bed. <laughs> there's a, there's a chest in the lower right hand corner of the house. And mm-hmm. so you open it and there's a lamp, but then yeah, you're sent out. There's no like mini map telling you where to go. Right. Um, and there are uh, like Hyrule soldiers, like kind of planted all around, and it's really just for them to uh, make you not walk places you you're not supposed to walk. Um, and uh, so you know you're led like up to the castle, um, and you know you can't go through the front doors. You get a psychic message from Zelda uh, directing you to this bush on the side of the building, right? I uh, I can't remember if Zelda tells you to go there, but you do. You are kind of like shepherded towards yeah. the side of the castle where there's a lone bush in a very yeah. uh at the end of the path it's and it's a very like uh obvious suspicious thing uh-huh. or at least I, I i don't know i've played the game a million times so uh it reads to me as obviously where you're supposed to go um and you pick it up and you fall into um the sort of catacombs beneath the Hy- hyrule castle 
already so cool. Very cool. We're so cool here. Yep. Um, <laughs> before we started rolling, I was like, we need to uh, keep our editorializing about these to a minimum <laughs> because that's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, and here we are. Uh, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Um, you encounter your uncle who has been mortally wounded. Um, and he gives you the sword and the shield. And here's another one where he says, Zelda is your dot, dot, dot. Yeah. N- nothing. Nothing. And again, I don't know that that's ever really like followed up on, but is it like I, destiny? I think destiny. Fate? Yeah. yeah. Not your sister. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what this is. Um, but then you, uh, you know, you go through the, so I, in my mind, the intro is still happening. We're yeah, still, I, still agree. I agree. I agree. Um, and then uh, you rescue Zelda from from the dungeon in the castle, which is a good. And the rest of this kind of like section with Zelda is a good primer for the dungeons that you're going like that you're yes, going to absolutely. do in the future. But it is not like uh, it is in and of itself. I would not count it as like a dungeon. In no, the game. neither would I. Um, when it's it's very linear, you don't have to do any like backtracking in it. Except once you do rescue Zelda, then you have to like go go back through. Um, but it's very cool the way it like splits up the there's like the castle itself like the castle grounds which you will be able to revisit later in the game uh and then there's like the dungeons below mm-hmm. um that feels a much more like you're getting the two different flavors of spaces in in the overworld of like here's a friendly space and here's an unfriendly space even though ultimately the the castle is unfriendly because it's filled with guards that want to kill you <laughs> um but then you sneak out through like the the throne room um, and like this is back into the catacombs, uh, and then you uh, are like knocked back out um, in the sanctuary. And at that point, when you leave um, Zelda with the, the the old man in the sanctuary, <coughs> in the sanctuary, that's where I perceive the intro to end. I agree with you. I I think that is as well, especially because like you reunite Zelda with yeah her father or somebody just like the the elder statesman yeah that's in this it's, it's, church it's not, essentially it's not her father, just, with like a lot yeah. of like uh the music is good there's yep. a lot of like stained glass like it feels oh. very uh-huh and then but then you get like a little bit of info dump where it's like hey you, you get the lowdown on the master sword right you're right you're given your next like overall like quest and then you go out the front door and hyrule is open to you and i agree with you that is the point where I would say the intro ends and the rest of the game begins. And the just, I'm not editorializing about no, it. No, not at all. But you step outside of the sanctuary and it is now a bright sunny day. Uh, there is no rain anymore. Like, oh, it's so, it's just like, here's the game. It it's just very serves good. it to you. It's very satisfying. Um. So yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any disagreement that that is what we're going to consider the introduction to A Link to the Past. Very good. Let's move on to Link's Awakening, originally on the Game Boy and then on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I think this is a little bit of a harder one, uh, and one that almost necessarily includes the, like, attract screen, like the the opening of uh, Link uh, being in the storm. Oh, yeah. I really like that kind of, like, anime animated intro where he's on the small boat and there's just these huge waves that are battering him about. Then he gets, like you said, crashes onto the beach, and then it becomes the in-engine yes. graphics where Marin like finds him. Yeah, uh, and then you wake up in 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 that house, uh, and it's uh, Marin and, and Talon, um, and uh, you you get your shield back right away. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, you get your shield back right away, and then. Marin is like, you should go go down. I to the also beach. waking up in the house, like I 
it, it feels very reminiscent to me of Link to the Past. Yes, totally. Um, and then you get, yeah, you get the shield and say like, you should go back down to the beach. There's like enemies down there. See where you like washed up. Yeah, see if you left any of your stuff. And you have to like kind of travel out through the village. Uh-huh. And I this first encounter with the village, I'm counting as part of the the intro. I think so too. Um because you start to see the the weird things. You see the chain chomp uh-huh. um like tied up outside. Um Right? Yes, the chain yeah. chomp is, is yeah, it is tied up outside. You uh you pass through the two kids like playing catch with each other. Um you pass by the library. Maybe you even go into some of these. Yeah, places. if you want to, you can. Um, but you don't have to. Um and then like you down on the beach and you are using your shield to like push enemies aside. Um these like little spiky or like or sea urchin guys. So you get the sword. And then when you get the sword, an owl flies in. Well, so first you get the sword and you have to make your way back up, right, through the village. Mm-hmm. And then you ma- you uh, talk to Marin and th- kind of get, again, like the lowdown a little bit. And then you go to the mysterious woods. And as you're heading to, to the mysterious, which requires your sword because you have to cut down bushes to get to right. it. And as you're making your way, then an owl, the owl comes down and, again, is like... Uh, you know, tell, talks to you about the windfish, right? And um, says if you if you have any hope of escaping this, you need to wake the windfish. And then, and uh, you should start by going to the tail cave. So again, you're given kind of like a little bit of mission, and that's where I would say that's where I ended as the, well. The intro ends is after the owl talks to you. Even though we're not including any like actual dungeon and very minimal sword play in this, right? But like. When when you enter the forest, it's kind of like you're off the leash, yeah. right? Like you uh, you can explore this sort of in whatever order you want at this point. Yeah, you know, like Link's Awakening isn't, you know, it's not like a Breath of the Wild type experience, but it is like a Link to the Past where the uh, enough of the world opens up to you yeah. that you do have that freedom. You can get lost, but in the beginning, it's a very guided experience. And sure. so, yeah, I, I agree. So I think the, that's... The, the owl telling you about the windfish as you enter the forest, that's where we, that's where we cut yep. it off. When the, when the, after the owl is done talking to you and you are set free, I think that's the introduction to Link's Awakening. Okay, interesting. With that context and possibly with the same endpoint, I don't know. Let's talk about The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. So we should definitely go through the, uh, the, the, the beginning of the game. But I will say, I think that this intro also ends when you with are the with the owl yep. before you are let into Hyrule Field for the first time. So I will agree that makes this maybe the longest intro because it includes the entire first dungeon. It is pretty long. Um, uh, but I think all of these going forward are pretty long, honestly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, yeah, great, great point. Um, but I, th- this one, I, I think, like, it sort of tricked me at first because at first I was like, oh, certainly once you uh, get to the Deku tree, that's the end of the... But I don't think so. I Yeah, I agree. Um, so how to talk through the incident of uh, uh, the Ocarina of Time opening. So one of the things that happens here and happens in a lot of Zelda games is you kind of get the lowdown on context for the world a lot of times it is telling you about the history of hyrule but in this one specifically the opening like narration is on a a dark screen and it's just text and it's the deku tree talking to you talking about how like the deku tree is the spirit of the forest and each uh kokiri like kid has a guardian fairy except for one 
which is Link. And that it's interesting because you say talking to you, but talking to Navi, right? Oh, you're, uh, is it? Is I it think so, right? Because okay. the, because then he sends Navi off to like go be Link's fairy, but not until later. Because okay. first, first, so you you see Link as you know, like well, the Deku trees, like everybody has a garden fairy except Link, and then you cut to Link having a dream, and it's a, another, uh, it's a rainy night, and he's standing in front of the drawbridge to Hyrule Castle. Yeah. And a horse carrying Zelda and another rider, like, gallops out past. And uh, they do cut to a close-up of Zelda's face where, like, Link and Zelda have a moment where they, like, lock yeah. eyes. And then uh, Link turns because he hears Gandalf, uh, Ganondorf's horse, like, rearing up behind him. Right. And before Ganondorf's horse, like, crashes down on him, then it cuts uh, Back to, to the him. Deku tree yeah, telling na- Navi napping in the tree. that, like, Deku tree is is weakening his power is weakening and that it's time for him for navi to go bring link to him uh because link uh you know is the hero of time or whatever right. he doesn't say that but like you know link is the one he's important uh-huh. uh and then and then uh n- we get this like first person perspective of navi flying through the kokiri village which must have been mind-blowing i i, I don't remember my first i don't either you. either but when I, I that's so funny that you said that because when i was watching it i was like this must have been this is like you know like a tech demo for the nintendo 64 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like what an incredible 3d experience um, and then she goes and uh, tries to wake up Link. Link is a sleepyhead. He's a lazy boy. Um, and then uh, Link is tasked with, uh, c- come come see the, the Deku tree. But this little uh, jerk is blocking your way. <laughs> and he's like, you can't come this way unless you've got a sword and a shield. You have to accomplish all these little tasks in the village, wherein you encounter Z-targeting, wherein you encounter uh, like hopping over um, uh, you know, little platforms yeah and there's like a a circle of stones and a little kokiri in the center trying to like lift a stone just Mm -hmm. kind of giving you an indication like hey try Try this out yeah and there's a thing where you have to like navigate the uh the like the blind corners and like the the boulder rolling around um and like just using z to like control the camera it does a very good job of training you on just like the base mechanics of this new 3d kind of zelda yeah it, it is pretty remarkable um, and then, so once you get the sword and the shield, uh, and you're able to pass into the uh, the the Deku tree, um, uh, it opens up its mouth, and you go into the dungeon. And I still think this whole dungeon is part of this intro. I agree with you. Um, and partly because of how committed it is to um, the like three dimensional dungeon map, and how the like height that you have to reach before like jumping down and destroying the um the the spider web to like reach the lower levels is such a novel concept and so specific to a 3D Zelda which did not exist before this time um so like all of that and then fighting the the uh, Gamora is it called Gamora I can't remember Gamora and something like that um is another where like you need to use the 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 Z targeting to like lock onto it, um, and like use your items and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's so, it's such a, like a neat uh, tidy presentation of like what the whole game is. Goma, Goma. G-O-H. There we go. So I I agree with you one hundred percent. I feel like just like we were talking about with Zelda two. It is giving you the tools for your you know Zelda tool belt that you're gonna need for Ocarina of Time and. I, so yeah, I think you have. We have to count 
that first dungeon. Because, again, yeah, there's new mechanics that are introduced later. But these core, like, in order to be successful in this game, you need to understand how to do this mechanics are given to you as part of this first temple. And then the game teaches you two thematic lessons. Or one thematic lesson through, like, very similar uh, story beats, right? One is the Deku Tree dies, right? So, like, what's happening to this world has mortal consequences. People can die. You can lose things. Um, and then uh, you go to leave the forest, and, you know, there's this, like, uh, you know, some of the characters are talking about, like, you, we don't leave the forest. The Kokiri don't leave the forest, right? We don't know if we can survive outside of the forest. Um, and on your way out, you meet with your friend, Sar Saria? I don't know what Saria? Her, the name is. Something, yeah. something like that. Um, and there's this, there's like a, a sad goodbye with this character. Also, she gives you an ocarina, which is another thing which is crucial to the game. Uh, we've talked about before uh, is, is such an identifying, like, physical gameplay part of this, of this thing. It's the ocarina and playing songs on it. Um, but it's also just this thematic thing of, like, you have to leave home. You have to leave the things that are comforting and, and familiar and friendly to you to go out into the open world. Um, and that's a theme that the game revisits, especially when you, the, with the time jump and like you have to witness the kingdom's ruin in order to save it from that ruin. Um, you have to say goodbye to your childhood friend so you can save her. You know, like uh, it's, it's, it's the theme of the whole game in miniature um, right there. So you need to get past that. And then the owl talks to you like two minutes later, and then you're out in the Hyrule, uh, out in the Hyrule field, which truly is like I do remember my yes feeling the first time I encountered Hyrule Field, and it's incredible. You know, it seemed so vast and endless and open to explore. Um, what an incredible moment in that game. Yeah, and uh, yes, of course, in retrospect, you're like this field is very small, <laughs> right? And I thank can... goodness because I'm going to be crossing it a ton, a, a ton, and like. Do I even have the horse yet? No, you don't even have the horse yet. You'll get him soon. But. but I do think that introduction to Hyrule Field is not part of the introduction to the game. Like, I think the owl, like, mm. I think the intro ends before, you know, like, the owl stops talking. You take your... You have the option to have the owl tell you everything again. Uh -huh. You say, no, end of the intro. End of the intro. Yeah, I agree I, with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so just like... Link's Awakening, the intro ends when the owl stops talking to you. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, of another very long intro, yes. right? Um, and I love that we've got the whole the whole first dungeon in there as as part of it. Mark, let's uh let's challenge ourselves here. Majora's Mask. Okay. Before we get into the specifics of what we think the intro is, yes. this is another one where I was like, I didn't I did not remember the specifics of this introduction at all because can i read you the intro text yeah you know we had the the deku tree talking in this one this i don't know if we ever know who's like telling this story but this is the text that the game starts with i love this in the land of hyrule there echoes a legend a legend held held dearly by the royal family tells of a boy a boy who after battling evil and saving hyrule crept away from the land that made him a legend Done with the battles he once waged across time, he embarked on a journey, a secret and personal journey, a journey in search of a beloved and invaluable friend, a friend with whom he parted ways when he finally fulfilled his heroic destiny and took his place among legends. I think this is so 
good and kind of tells you like what kind of story you're yeah. getting with Majora's Mask. This is going to be a weird one. They're and, saying and like more intimate, you yep. know, like and I I uh, I do not necessarily like I love this idea that I feel like this intro text kind of paints of like Link putting aside being a hero, kind of like turning his back on being lauded by the people of Hyrule and is like, no, I'm just going to search for my friend who I'm presuming in the consensus online seems to be Navi, yeah, but it's never so. really like explicitly spelled out. Well, because he's with Navi at the beginning of the of the game, right? No, or, of Majora's Mask, no. That's Navi isn't one of the, the fairies? No, it's Tattle and Tail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and when Link is on Epona, like... Uh, Navi is not Navi is not there. Mm, Navi, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, which is interesting, b- oh, partly because like yes, at the end of uh, le- or Ocarina of Time, like Navi leaves, but I never really thought of them as having Navi is such an annoying character. Yes. That I never really thought of them as having like such like a uh, personal. Connection. You have a bad relationship with <laughs> her. Right, Why should Link right. have a good? Yeah. For, yeah exactly. exactly. But. Uh, I don't know. I just she's not Midna. <laughs> she's not Fee. Yes. I but I, I really I really like that intro text. Well, I, feel... I just well, you just made me feel the relationship <laughs> between Link and Fee, and I forgot how much I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, I feel like that's such a strong opening text. Yeah. To uh, Majora's Mask. Uh, and then it only gets weirder and darker from there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, necessarily uh, part of this opening is going to be, uh, you know. Uh, being beset by the the skull kid um and being transformed into a, a deku scrub uh-huh. and finding yourself uh in a strange new world right yeah uh and then being in clocktown and seeing well there's also the 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 mask salesman right um who like is he's just like can you help me find this mask? Yeah. So in the beginning, in yeah. the beginning, uh, just like you said, so you get this intro text. Link is, is then riding Epona through a forest yeah. where it's it's foggy because it's the Nintendo sixty four. But right. also, it works well for the game. Right. Uh, and then Tattle and Tail, the two new kind of like brother and sister fairies in the game, they startle Epona, and so Link falls back, and that's when you see the Skull Kid for the first time. Uh, and he takes when Link falls off. Epona, the ocarina falls out of his bag or his grasp or whatever. And so the Skull Kid takes it and Epona and rides off. And Link is chasing after him. And that's when uh, the Skull Kid turns him into a Deku scrub. And then after that, uh, you know, like they disappear. But uh, Tattle gets left behind. So Tattle becomes like the new Navi in this game, basically. And then you encounter the Happy Mask Salesman who says, you know, the famous line, you've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? And introduces, you know, like this idea and says, hey, I can turn you back if you need to bring me, uh, you need to get something. And maybe it's the ocarina that you end up having to get or the something like that. But anyways, like sets you kind of on that first part of the quest. Yes. Um, and so that's when you, after that, you're set loose into Clock Town and given the instruction to go find the Great Fairy. Right. Uh, and all of this, part of the intro. I think still part of the intro. I mean, I, I think, just uh, to, to tipping my hand here, I don't think the uh, the intro ends until you go back in time for the first time. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I can't remember... It, so, uh, this is what I was trying to remember. So, you go to the Great Fairy, you do, like, the Bomber Kids thing, 
you it's kind of like a multi-part fetch quest you get mm-hmm. the moon's tier and then you wait for you the go sun. to the observatory you, you see the moon you see the skull kid wearing majora's mask dancing around up there you wait until there's like the festival or the carnival so you can go into the clock tower up and you encounter the skull kid uh for the first time and then you get the you uh hit the skull kid with your um slingshot and so he drops the ocarina you get the ocarina back you have a memory of zelda teaching you the song Song of of time Time. so you learn it it resets everything but then you go to the happy mask salesman so yeah you like wake up inside the windmill basically Uh three days earlier and the he you can now remove he teaches you how to like take off the deku mask and so you can become a scrub or not whenever you want. Then he gets upset that you didn't retrieve Majora's mask, and he sets you on that mission. Telling, and once you leave again, Tattle, which is the fairy, tells you to go to the swamp, and then the kind of world opens up to you. And that's where I think I think yeah, the end right. of the intro when is. you step out of the windmill uh-huh. uh, at, at at on the like second rotation through through the days. Yeah, I think that I think that's absolutely right. Um, and like that gives you that little taste of like there were things that were about to happen. This uh, town was about to be destroyed. All of these lives that you sort of passively uh, witnessed. You know, you you met Tingle. You did the the stuff with the the, the bombers, the Great Fairy, all this stuff. Um, and also just like saw people like readying for this festival, and then like the uh, population of the town getting like thinner and thinner as time goes by, and the moon gets closer and closer. Like you get a real flavor for the game and for the three-day cycle that you're about to experience over and over again, uh, and then it lets you loose. Like, that's that's the end of the intro, for sure. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Now we're on GameCube. Do you have strong feelings about this one? Because I, th- I think... I think... Yeah. It's through maybe... And again, we can get into the details, but through Forsaken Fortress, and it's not until you've like met the King of Red Lions, yeah, and you are again kind of like set loose on Windfall Island, yeah. So that's is the intro. I I think that's right. There was a second where I was like, does the intro also include all of your initial fetch quests on Windfall Island to get the sale? Oh. Because then you truly are on the open ocean, right? right? Um, But meeting the King of Red Lions and him having that, like, owl moment with you feels like enough to me that, like, that's the intro. Because, like, you're kind of doing the um, sort of, like, fetch quest-y stuff uh, on the initial island. What's the name of Link's home island? Outset Island. Uh, Outset Island. Um, like, you're sort of doing that so- that same kind of stuff um, before you meet Tetra and before your sister gets kidnapped. Um, anyways, we, we've not described the incident happening uh, in, in this, but it's basically uh, that uh, Link uh, wearing his pajamas, which is great, and you should always be able to just wear the pajamas all the time. They're so good. Um, lives with his grandma and his sister uh, and he has this adorable life on a little island um, and uh, it's not uh, you know he has to get the hero's tunic that his right because it's his birthday it's and his on birthday. this island when you be when you come 
Because this game, again, uh, starts with... Oh, yeah. I can't believe I skipped this. Uh, basically, like, talking about the hero, the history of Hyrule a little bit and how, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago, there was this hero of time who let, who kept, you know, like, uh, evil back. But um, that has long passed. And now, kind of like in memory, like... People still have a memory of it, but it is purely just a legend. And as part of that, like the people on Outset Island, when a youth, when a boy turns of age, they're given this green tunic. Given the green that tunic. Is, uh the tunic, like in the style of the tunic that this hero wore all this time ago. And they're kind of like hoping that uh, the hero will return. Half-heartedly hoping. Yeah. I don't know that they really believe it, but that the hero will return. Right. And I, I love that this is... I, I feel like this is a a now a core Zelda idea, right? That there uh, was a hero um, from you know hundreds of years ago or whatever. That there's always been a hero, and this one just like expresses it right up front, you know, where it's like, and is sort of uh, implying like some of those other games that you played before happened before this game, right? Um, which you know I like. Everything else is just sort of like a soft connection or like a literal connection. Like the, uh, it's always been my understanding that the link from uh, uh, Link's Awakening is the link from um, uh, A Link to the Past. Just like after his adventure, he goes sailing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zelda Two is obviously a direct sequel to Zelda One. Um, but like to sort of have this, this and Majora uh, obviously a direct sequel to um, uh, Ocarina of Time. But this is like their those Zelda stories, some of those must have happened in the past. Right. And they're the stuff of legend, and we honor those legends within the narrative of this game. So, uh, a big bird, big Ganon's big bird <laughs> steals your sister. Um, the uh, the bird is in uh, being pursued by uh, Tetra and her pirates. Yeah, and like, had captured Tetra first. Tetra falls out, right. and then you have to, you know, tutorialize your way up Right to find Tetra, and then when uh, you're hanging out with Tetra, your sister, well, that's sister right. That's comes when along, your sister gets, and then the yeah. sister gets swooped up. Right, darn this bird! This darn bird <laughs> just wants to kidnap people. Um, and so then you uh, ride on Tetra's ship to the Forsaken Fortress. Um, and then there's like this weird stealth thing, this like stealth dun- dungeon section, which is sort of a tutorial dungeon, but is also very strange. Yeah, unlike other dungeons in the game. And also actually so there are other prisoners like other girls yes. on the island which must be a connection to that stuff we were talking about in the, Link thing to with the past. Game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, not really revisited as right. like I mean other than he's searching for Zelda, right? So he's like looking for any potential Zelda out out in the universe, right? Um and you know that bird picked up Tetra, so he was close. Uh-huh. Um so uh then rescuing your sister and then uh, then what? You fight the bird? So no. So you kind of like you find your sister, and then uh, there's no real like boss battle at the end. It's just like the bird just like shows up, grabs you, takes you to Ganon, and you don't who you just kind of like kind of see. Yeah. And then Ganon like indicates for the bird to throw you into the sea, and that's what it it does. Right. And that's when the King of Red Lions presumably rescues you, uh-huh. takes, takes you to Windfall Island. Yep. And then it's off to the races. Yeah. Um, so I think all of that's the intro. Um, even though I think the, the lessons that you learn in 
the Forsaken Fortress are not lessons that you get to apply in the rest of the That's game. That's why I was wondering, when I initially started taking notes for this, I was like, maybe it just ends when you leave Outside Island and you've met Tetra. It's just the fact that you don't meet the King of Red Lions until, yes. who is so integral to like the mechanics of the game. And of exploring the open world, specifically. So the fact that you don't meet him until after Forsaken Fortress... I think Forsaken Fortress needs to be in there. Yeah, not... Almost just by virtue of the fact that it's in the way of meeting King of Red Lions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so weird how much stealth there is in that in that part of the game, and then like never again. Yeah. Um, although, Wind Waker is such a weird game, and is is so like it's great. I love it. Um, but like it is clearly half baked, right? Like there are big parts of the game missing. Um, uh, and like the the more time the more i reflect on it the more like what's missing from that game feels like notable i also think it is notable because there are very few zelda games where we have these like direct familial connections Mm -hmm. where it's like oh link has a sister and like a grandmother you know like and Sure, there's like a an uncle in Link to the Past, I guess. You know what I mean? But you it's think just that's like, really his uncle? <laughs> no, just I a, just an older man just, that he lives with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, in my head canon for Link to the Past, uh, Link was like an orphan. Yeah, you know, because something had to have happened to his parents for him to be living with his uncle. Yeah. So, but anyways, I, I think Wind Waker is notable for that fact that you do have those correct connect direct familial connections but um well i guess we'll talk about more about it next week like the yeah exactly. pros and cons to that approach right 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 um okay so uh wind waker ends it when we meet the king of red lions yep um a lot of like sagely characters i guess i guess king of red lions isn't that sagely but like you know is, like stately we'll say characters sure, yeah um uh giving you some information and then end of intro that seems yeah. to be a recurring Zelda um, thing. And at least twice it's the owl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh the Twilight Princess, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This is a hard one. And this one I think is infamous. The intro to this game is like infamous infamously yeah. long. Yeah. That's right. Um and in the HD remake, I think they tried to like tighten some of it up, right? Yeah, yes. Although I the gap between my playing the original release and the uh, HD remake was such that I couldn't tell you what exactly. Well, if nothing right. else, the tears of light they cut from having to get sixteen on Wii to just twelve. Yeah, yeah on yeah. Wii U. But I think you know, talking about from the very beginning of the episode when we were saying, well, some of the reason, like in Zelda two, that these intros are long is because there are so many can- mechanics that they are trying to introduce you to before you can like understand what this game is about. Twilight Princess has so many new mechanics, like yes. Wolf Link. Midna, the yeah. Twilight in general, motion controls if yep. you're playing yep. on Wii. Yep. Well, and the when you're fighting the Ing and you gotta like uh target three of them at one time and then yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But and so I think this is uh, maybe up to like I think you at least have to go to like through Faron Woods and getting the Tears of Light and up to the entrance to the forest temple if the forest temple itself is I don't, not part of the intro. I, I don't think the forest temple itself okay. is part of the intro. I, I understand the the impulse because you are still not set on like the open open world. Um but I also think this game has a weird relationship with its open world in that like 
there are parts of it that are just like cut off because of the twilight, right? Um, so like you maybe get access to the open world like halfway through the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think Twilight Princess in general does not like utilize its Hyrule feel like its open world in, yeah. a, very, in a very satisfying way, I guess I'll say. And it's, it's, sometimes it does utilize it in ways that I hate. Like <laughs> I, that, that thing where you're uh, escorting the, oh the my carriage. Gosh, I hate that it's, so it's much. It's so bad. That is, yeah. It's the worst part of that game, I think. Although, uh, you know, then you also get a moment where you're doing the uh, like jousting on the, on the Hyrule Bridge and that's rad. That's so cool. That is very cool. Um, all right. But now what we're talking about right now. <laughs> um, so um, there are so like, okay, this is another one where you are living in this kind of like idyllic village type thing. There's a, not your father, but I will say like a father figure who has a family of his own. Who's like, hey, can you take this? You know, like, uh, oh, man, I'm trying to remember. I just watched this. Is this like a package or a message or something? Yeah. You know, to Hyrule Castle in my place. And then, but they're just like, there's just like stuff you have to do around the village. You yeah. gotta like, uh, you gotta fish and you gotta, you gotta herd these goats. Um, and you gotta like, uh, knock down the, uh, like hornet's nest and like all these like little things just for like little tasks for the people of the village. And I feel like a lot of that is. Uh, and I, when I played this game, I played it on Wii, yeah. you know, like uh, uh, not on GameCube. But I feel like a lot of that is to familiarize yourself with yes. the motion controls. I remember having a really hard time with the fishing minigame and just yeah. not getting like the timing of that right. Um, and so, and then like horseback riding, that is a huge part of the game and like the combat in the game later. So like all of that, it's all really important. And then introducing you to the twilight and this idea of wolf link and controlling wolf link which controls different from yes. you know like regular link and so there's a reason why well, it's and so long but you it's also just... have the like the 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 dream or like I'm not even I'm still not even sure what it is where like you're in a twilight version of Hyrule Castle and you have to escape from it yes so that's like when you first meet Midna and yes. you you have just been trans so you encounter the twilight for the first time in this like hand reaches out and grabs you and then you wake up in the twilight version of the castle yeah and you have to you're in a you're in a prison cell and minna's like hey i can you know like help you escape if you can trust me and that sort of thing but then you learn like the leaping mechanic for it yep. to escape and like combat what well, also like digging under stuff like that's all part of that too there is just so much in the, and then you're introduced to the concept of like there's these four guardians of light and you know there is a lot of lore and new mechanics and two different links to learn to control. Plus, you're doing it with motion controls for the first time. Like, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is so much to introduce in this game that I understand why it is so long, but it is very long. Yeah. So where? What? So what happens when you um, finish the like first Twilight Realm part uh, with Midna? Then are you just back in Faron Woods? So you as the wolf. Uh, huh. That's a good. I can't. Because you definitely have to do stuff with the tiers before you can uh access the first. Yeah, the dungeon. For, yeah, uh -huh, yeah, the forest temple. Yeah. So you so do I, all of that, yeah. and then I think you are transformed back into human link, and then you make your way to the entrance of the forest temple. Right. So I think it's probably just the approach to the forest temple that it ends there. Basically, yeah. So I think it's like you get to the forest temple. Yeah. End of introduction. 
Yeah, that's that's my vote. I will say there is kind of an interesting parallel to Majora's Mask with like Deku Scrub Link and Wolf Link. Totally. like transformation that changes your powers. I think, but again, not to editorialize, I think maybe it was handled a little more elegantly in Majora's Mask, but we can get more into that next week. Well, I mean, it's the thing that's so tricky about the Twilight Princess is that you spend a bunch of time as the regular Link and then you are transformed into Wolf Link. So like, it's sort of, whereas, you know, the first time you're controlling Link in uh Majora's Mask it is as a Deku scrub you remember how he controls from Ocarina of Time but you don't actually have that experience in that game yet um so yeah like a li- little different and also like that's part of why Twilight Princess feels as long as it does moving on Skyward Sword The Legend of Zelda the Skyward Sword this is another pretty long pretty intro pretty long intro um but I feel like justifiable uh, in, in, and in not just the same, like there are mechanics to introduce, but there are like gameplay concepts to, to deal with that you are going to be revisiting throughout the rest of the game. Unlike any other Zelda game, you have this hub world of Skyloft, uh, a place that you are going to be, you're going to be dealing with these people throughout the rest of the game uh, with their stores, with their weird little problems, um, with the uh, the monster who lives under the island. Um, all this stuff you're going to be dealing with literally throughout the entire game. And dealing with is such a good way to put it because the, <laughs> well, and part of it is just like dealing with in the way that you deal with people in real life. Sure. And the relationship is really important i think more than any other uh, successfully more than any other zelda game uh the relationship between the characters between link and zelda like they have a real friendship and relationship before the game and you can feel the warmth between yep. them like yep. that is something well, like that... the, the headmaster and the antagonism with Groose, who Groose has his own uh, arc throughout the game like all of these relationships are established during this opening yeah and i think very like successfully for a zelda game but they do focus on the story and so having um this kind of like introduction to these characters is really important a really important part of the game so what of the like actual what happens in this do we need to discuss here because it's really just like link bonding with his loft wing right and uh like going through the like the final test so he can be a loft wing rider and then zelda um disappearing into the clouds below right yeah yeah it's kind of a tricky one there's a there's a bunch of other just like relationshipy stuff right like you you get how the students at the school relate to each other um and how they relate to the people who run the school and all that kind of stuff and the uh the temple of the goddess and all that stuff but, like, I don't really know that we need to get into, like, the beat-by-beat beat of any of that. Yeah, I agree. I guess, like, the important ones that I would say are that uh, you do you do this, like, um, uh, what is it called? The wing ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then Zelda, on her loft wing, like, uh, falls to the, like, ground below, presumably. Like, this is all uh, shocking to the people of Skyloft that there is right. anything like below them and then fee leads link to the goddess sword and that connection is important and then finally you go to the surface for the first time to see to the sealed grounds and you meet the old one and the old one again is the sagely character 
who sends Link out to Faron Woods and like gives him the direction of what he needs to do and what his mission is. And I think that is the end of the intro. So I think you have to meet the old one. Another meeting the sage character. Yeah, I think you have to meet the old one. And then, which is the character's name. That's not me being mean or reductive. And then. I mean, you could say the character's name, but that's a spoiler. (laughs) That's right. That's a major spoiler. Uh, So yeah, I think Sealed Grounds is an important part of it. But I think that's the end of the intro. So does that mean that you also fight the imprisoned as, as part of that? I don't. You go down to the bottom of you know there's like that's the spiral yeah. kind of like pit and you see the stake or whatever it is that's holding yeah. the the but i don't think you fight it yet okay. i think that okay. comes later okay all right um but yeah i i think you're right getting to the sealed grounds um getting to the earth below that's all an important part and as soon as you get like sent off but as soon as you exit the other way uh of, of the temple that's the end of, of the intro yeah i think so um all right Breath of the Wild. Is this the easiest one? I think it might be. You it's get like, off the great plateau. It's like the first one and uh, Breath of the Wild are the easiest ones. Yeah, you get off the great plateau. End. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the great plateau at all? So, uh, I feel like Breath of the Wild, um, I don't know if it's in response to Skyward Sword and some of the, and you know, Twilight princess some of the reaction to that where the intros are insanely long but breath of the wild and insanely talky and, too. Yeah. oh yeah that's a good point because breath of the wild is very to the point right they're uh a really minimalistic shortcut scene at the beginning with zelda telling link to open his eyes links open his and he's in this like sheikah cryo chamber yeah thing like liquid drains out of yeah it, it's like 45 minutes into the matrix yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but then you know he wakes up you grab a couple of items. You learn how to like run and climb real quick. But then you're out into the Great Plateau. Picking up sticks and using them as swords. <laughs> uh, one thing I will, again, kind of going to like the nitty-gritty text of it, is that in the beginning when you're talking to, again, the old man who turns out to be the last king of Hyrule and Zelda's father, uh, he says, quote, The signs of a resurrection of Calamity Ganon are clear, and the power to oppose it lies dormant beneath the ground. Which made me think, like, ooh, Tears of the Kingdom connection ooh, here with we like, go. what we've seen. I will say that he then continues to talk about, like, so we started digging and we found the Guardians. Which, uh, maybe that's what he was talking sure, about. Okay. But, but maybe there's something maybe else. Maybe there's something else. Maybe they didn't dig deep enough. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, and, okay. So, just, like, the there are four shrines that you have to uh, conquer within uh, on, on, on the Great Plateau here. Um, and some of them are in places that are hard to reach with your uh, limited stamina. And some of them are in places that are hard to reach because it's cold, right? And you start to take damage. Um, so you can figure out, like, do you just need to eat something to, like, regain health? Do you need to eat something to regain stamina? Do you need to eat something to warm yourself up? Like, all of these, like, survival skills of the game are slowly being taught to you this way. And it's a good introduction to, like, problem problem solving in the game where it's where you have a lot of choices on how you want to solve this totally want to you know get the items that you need so you so your your outfit is different and you are warm do you want to cook something that'll keep you warm how are you going to get across that chasm are you going to knock are you going to like cut down a tree i think you kind of have to knock down the tree though (laughs) but yeah but you know like there's like uh and yeah it's introducing you to the idea of shrines and the towers and but it meters and the sheikah slate but it meters it out in like a really open and yet contained way because you're stuck on that great plateau. There's only so many things you can do. Well, and the the thing with the Sheikah Slate and the Sheikah Slate powers is each of those four um, uh, shrines gives you one of those powers. And then that's it. Those are the powers that you get 
through the rest of the game, um, which is surreal to think of that. Like you get the tools so early and they're all like metered out in these uh, very specific challenges based around that specific Sheikah Slate power. Um, and once you've gotten all four, then you can go to the like ruined uh, church or whatever it is. And uh, the, the old man, the, you know, now the, the King of Hyrule or the former King of Hyrule, um, gives you the glider, and then the game begins. Yep. And he, again, you know, that Sagely character says, hey, you should go to Kakariko Village. Yeah. And puts it on your map, but That's you don't it. have to. You, do, you can do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, he's like, point. you're probably not strong enough to go to the castle. Go here instead. But you can do whatever you want. Right. You can leave from the plateau and head straight to the to Ganon's castle. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the Great Plateau, a great kind of, like, introduction to the mechanics of the game, and then you're off. Okay, Mark, we have now established what the intros to all ten of these Zelda games are. We will rank them next week. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And I will say, since we have a week until we're ranking them, if you disagree, if you need to oh, change yeah. our minds about where an intro begins or ends, yeah. uh, let us know. Let us know. Also, if you think we're cowards for not including <laughs> Minish Cap or whatever, like you can let us know that, too. We are not recording these two episodes back-to-back, as we sometimes do in a two-part situation. So there actually is a full week here where you can change our minds. Um, so yeah, write in Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. or let us know in the Discord or on Twitter. Um, all right. Uh, you know, I was doing the outro here. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Card Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo and our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers, saying thank you for listening.